Welcome to the Living Parables Podcast, where we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the sanctifying work of God's Holy Word. I'm Nate, your host. To all those who are tuning in, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate all of you, and now let us begin. Well, I'd like to welcome you back to a brand new week, a brand new episode. I'd like to first and foremost say that I hope that you are having a wonderful time with family. I hope that this season is bringing you a lot of joy. I know for a lot of us that this time of the year could be pretty down, but take heart for God is good and he is here to draw us closer and closer to him. So the first thing I want to start off by saying is what a wonderful blessing this year has been. And I know that there are people out there that would probably disagree with that and say that this year was filled full of turmoil and hostility, wars, and, you know, fill in the blank. But the truth is, if you if you look at the world and all you see is terrible things, that's going to weigh heavily on your soul. And our subject today is don't keep receipts. This is one of the biggest issues today with a lot of people. So we live in a really heavy-driven, cancel-cultured society. We cancel people when they make mistakes. We shut them down. And these type of cancellations can last months, years, or even a lifetime. And what usually happens is at the end of people's lives, then people will say, well, they weren't really that bad. Thanks for all the good memories. And you see this all the time with celebrities. You see it all the time. Uh, They've made mistakes and they've worked really hard to try to make a good name for them. And then when they die, people say, oh, I, I miss all the memories. Thanks for all the memories. And yet these are the same people that are out crying and saying how evil they are, which let's just face facts here. Biblically, we're all evil. Biblically, we all fall short. So it's not a situation where I'm saying that these people can make their life right. We can certainly reform our lives and and make right decisions that will physically make our lives a lot more tolerable and pleasant. But the harsh reality is, is that our spiritual lives must take the priority seat in our life. And we don't. We often neglect it and we often don't take the time to get in the scriptures and read. So we talked about this term, keeping receipts. 
This term means for remembering things people have said or done to you. So you're holding on to those things. And many people fall in this category and you really see it in sports. That's where it's gained its most popularity. Oh, we, we keep receipts. We, we know what they said and we're going to make you pay for it. Now, sports is one thing, but then we take it to a whole different ball game and take it to life. We as believers are not to keep receipts because when I first heard this term, immediately 1 Corinthians 13 jumped my mind. Why did it jump my mind? Because it says, do not take an account a wrong suffered. Well, we remember that that is the great love chapter. Therefore, if we are truly to love as Christ loved, as God loves us, one of the aspects of love is not taking into account a wrong suffer. You're not keeping a record of wrongs. And that's what people do. How many of us, when we've been in squabbles, quarrels, arguments, whatever the word you, when you want to say, how many times have people, especially through text message or emails, have printed off those things only to shove it right back your face and see this is what you said here. Now, the reality is it, it takes a pretty intense individual to do things such as that. But if you're a person that has hold, held on to those things after years and years and years, you have not truly forgiven this person. You haven't moved past it. You are keeping it nice and safe, ready to use it if the timing presents itself. And that is such a scary, sad way to live. The honest reality is believers are not to be people that hold grudges. We are to be people that are supposed to be tenderhearted, forgiving, and merciful. And a lot of times, that's not said of us. So the exact opposite of our culture today is to forgive others as God has forgiven us. And I'll just say that's easier said than done. Forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. But also, I'm going to take it a step farther. Forgiveness is also to restore your relationship with God. What do we mean by that? Are we talking about Jesus on the cross? No, we're not. We're actually talking about when we sin against other people and or or let's just put it this other way they sin against us if we do not forgive them god will not forgive us and trust me when i tell you i've been wronged very much so in my life i'm not going to go into the details but it's by people who are extremely close to me 
and every fiber of your being tells you, don't do it. Don't forgive them. Do you know what they did? Don't forgive them. And the spirit says, you must forgive. Because when you read the scripture, that is our source of authority. God himself is speaking these words to us and that we must obey them. So what are some practical verses we can we can take with us right now as far as keeping receipts? Romans 12:19 says, "Never take your own revenge. Vengeance is mine, I will repay." There are people that you're going to come across in your life that are going to wrong you and they're not even going to bat an eye. There are people that you're going to come across and when they sin against you, they're going to sit there and smile and can't wait for the next opportunity to do it again. We are to be people that forgive, forgive, forgive. Matthew 18, when Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? And Jesus says, no, I tell you, 70 times seven. And I made the, I've made the joke before saying, oh, 490 times. That's great. Yeah, that's how many times. Do you see what I'm saying? I know there I know there's people that are listening that people have hurt them over and over and over, even sometimes in the course of a lifetime. And to you, my heart my heart breaks for you. But know that God is a God of restoration. And that he will take that hurting, broken heart and he will mend it into something brand new and something beautiful. So don't hold on to hostile, grudging-like feelings. Because your Heavenly Father is perfect. He will never do you wrong. He will never say a foul word towards you. He will never put you down. He will never belittle you. He will always uplift you. He will always upkeep you. He will sustain you. He will restore you. He will revive you. He will make you into someone brand new that is into the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. And that should excite us. That should motivate us. But these things happen. And the biggest reason why these things happen is because of Ephesians 6.12. For we struggle not against the flesh and blood, but are the spiritual dark forces in high places. We do not struggle with flesh and blood. That's not where our fight is. That's not where our war is waged. It is in the spiritual. And when we keep receipts, we are just like the world. When we keep receipts, we are just like the world. And we cannot do that. We must always be mindful of our surroundings. And not just our physical surroundings, our spiritual surroundings. There are people today that they have their head buried in the sand. They're not spiritual mature. They've been spiritual babies 
their whole adult Christian life. And a lot of it comes with biblical illiteracy, the distractions of this world, but also the desire. And not a lot of people desire to be holy and righteous. Now, I'm going to say this again for the people in the back. No one can achieve perfect sinlessness, righteousness, or holiness. So that's not what I'm saying. But is the trajectory of our lives in a manner of being more holy and righteous just as Jesus is, or are we conforming to the world? So basically the, the, the kind of secondary question is, which pattern are you conforming to? Are you conforming to the pattern of this world? Are you conforming to the pattern of Jesus Christ? Because one of the biggest obstacles in our path today is a lack of forgiveness for those who have hurt us tremendously. And I'll just say this. This kind of stuff happens on the streets. This kind of stuff happens in our friendship circles, schools, families. And it saddens me to say this. It happens in our churches. It happens in our churches. And we have to be better. We, we cannot sit idly by and conduct ourselves the way the world does in our churches. The church is a, is a purchased by the blood of Christ entity that does not consist of four walls, but it consists of each person that is saved by the blood of Christ assembling together in one location. That's what the church is. And so you have to understand that we as believers have a high calling. And this high calling comes with a high asking of us. And a lot of times when we're going through these spiritual battles, every fiber of our being, and I said this earlier, does not want to do what the Bible says because our nature is conflicted with the spiritual nature, our new nature. It's hard, people. But you cannot do it alone because a lot of people like to lone wolf it and they think that's, that's noble. It's not noble. It's foolish. You cannot do this alone. We need each other. We need each other now more than ever. Because I tell you what, right now, the place where I work at, there's only a few people that I would even consider believers. And it's hard because things get stressful. People's patience wear out. People's grace wear out. I told you before, human grace only goes so far. That's why we need the Holy Spirit sufficient grace that dwells within us. But we need to be people that bless those who persecute us. We need to be those people that God talks about that are His, His children. His children bless those who persecute them. God's children forgives. 70 times 7. God's children prays for those who persecute us. That's what we need to do. 
Listen, listen to the end of Ephesians chapter 4, which we've read this several times. But Ephesians 4.32, this is not underlined in your Bible, it needs to be. It says, we are called to be, here it is, kind, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ Jesus also has forgiven us. That's not a suggestion. That is not a suggestion. It says, be that. It doesn't say, you know, try to work on that. I know, you, I know you're, you're not perfect, but whatever. And a lot of people say this. I'm going I'm to end this argument right now. People will say, well, God, God made me this way, so therefore, how can he judge me based upon my imperfection? Well, first off, God's clear design of mankind was not to create them imperfect. He created us in perfection. Sin has caused us to be imperfect. So when we first are cognitively aware of our sin, I've been saying that a lot lately, but that's true. When we are fully aware of the right and wrong that we are doing, we reach that age of accountability, it, we're doomed. We're doomed, and every sin that we commit, it stores up wrath on the day of wrath and judgment. We read about that in Romans chapter 2, verse 5. So here's the truth. Jesus Christ came to this earth, lived a perfect sinless life, and we know in Romans it says, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned, and the wages of that sin is death. And, and that death, once we die physically, we will then die spiritually, not a, not a physical spiritual death, if that makes any sense, but we'll be doomed for, for hell forever. But praise be to God, he, Jesus came and lived that perfect sinless life. He died on the cross, was buried in the tomb, and raised from the dead three days later. So that if we, have our, we place our trust and faith in him, he will wipe out, blot out, erase every sin that we commit. So everything we did from the moment we started sinning until we met Christ, repented and turned to him with trust, faith, and a declaration to surrender to his lordship, everything's gone. Remember the woman, the adulterous woman, who was about ready to be stoned to death? And they asked Jesus. And Jesus, all he said was, You who is without sin, cast the first stone. So they dropped their stones and left, and then he went to go back to, he was drawing something on the ground. Remember that? And then... She looked up and then he said, where are your accusers? There are none left. Well, neither do I. Go and sin no more. That's forgiveness. That's forgiveness. So as we kind of get to a point here where we're going to wrap up, I'm going to leave you these last few verses here. But if we, are, if we had this high calling... God gave us the absolute perfect model to show us how we ought to be. 
first turn to John chapter eight, verse one through eleven. I, I want you to I want you to turn, I want you to read that on your own. We just went over that story. Jesus didn't condemn her. We just went over that story. But I want you to read that I want you to read that on your own. That's your homework. John eight, one through eleven. I want you to think of John 5, 1 through 17. With a 38-year invalid, remember him? He had mercy and compassion on him, forgave him of his sins. He said, go sin no more. Jesus talked about loving your neighbor as yourself. And the biggest model, probably the, probably the one that stands out to me the most is when Jesus was on the cross. And if you want to, you can turn to Luke 23 towards the end of that chapter and you can read that. But this is what Jesus said while he was on the cross. Now understand this, while he was on the cross, scoring the shame of that cross, taking everything that we've ever done, all of our shame, all of our blame, all the things that we've ever done upon himself and the people that are around him spitting on him, cursing him, mocking him. He looked down and said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. They know not what they do. That is the model that we must follow about not keeping receipts. If Jesus didn't keep receipts, and he doesn't, but people might say this. Well, wait a minute, Nate. He said, you told me before that he's going to judge the world based on everything we've ever done. That's true. But do you not also understand that God is a God who forgives and forgets? When we are faithful to God and, and come to him in trust with a complete repentance, sincere heart, and we ask God for his forgiveness. He is just and will forgive us our sins. You can read that in 1 John 1, 9. So this is what's powerful about that. It also says that he removes our sin as far as east is from the west. I'm not sure about you, but that's a pretty long way. So Jesus modeled a life of not keeping receipts. And guess what? He is the only one on this planet, this galaxy, this universe, that has the right to keep receipts. Because all source of life comes from him. All source of life comes from him. God has breathed life into every being. He has caused all things to be alive. And the greatest of all, he made us in his image. And making us into his image, Satan came, as you know, in the garden and did everything humanly possible, I should say inhumanly possible, to get people to fall. It didn't take much. It didn't take much. God knowing that if we were left all by ourselves, we were 
defenseless, downcast sheep. Remember we were talked about the word downcast. They're on their backs, can't get up. They're on their backs, they can't get up. If they lay like that, they're going to die. We need to see ourselves as that kind of sheep. We're helpless. We couldn't do anything on our own. And still, present day, cannot do anything on our own to justify us before God. Jesus Christ is the just and justifier. He is the author of our salvation. He is the source of our salvation. There is no name given a man amongst which we must be saved. It's in through it's his name alone. He is the way of the truth and the life. And he came and if he can be on a cross and he can say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What is stopping us from doing that? We're not being crucified by people. And Jesus committed no wrong. Usually when we get yelled at or someone gets mad at us, usually we have it coming. Don't we? I think so. Me more than anybody else. But Jesus did no wrong. No sin came from his mouth. There was no wretched, vile thought that ever came into his mind. He is sinless and perfect. He is the model. We are the one that need to model our lives after him. We need to copy what he does. Imitate him. And brothers and sisters, it's hard. And you know what's coming up? New Year's. Now, I hate to say this because it makes me it makes me feel kind of weird saying it out loud, but I'm recording this first week of November, and this is going to be released at the end of December. So it's kind of weird and presumptuous to me to know what's going on. But New Year's is rapidly approaching. And we need to keep in mind of this of this new year. A lot of people make New Year's resolutions and they don't stick with them. Uh, because a lot of that's based on emotion. But we are to be called self-controlled, upright people. Can you, can you have a goal for losing 10 pounds? Sure. You want to eat healthier and you want to work out more? That's great. All those things are fine. But as long as your deepest most important desire is being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, then everything, then that stuff's good. But if that becomes more important than reading scripture, you find yourself working out more, concerned with what you eat, keeping track of your calories, more than you do reading God's word, that becomes an idol. So whatever New Year's resolution you make, make sure that Christ is the forefront of all things, and then everything else can follow behind that. But this year, let our goal be to draw as near to God as possible. Let our goal be to draw near to God as possible. I have no idea what the future holds, but here's what I do know. God is the one that holds the future. 
He knows the end of our lives. He knows the end of our roads. We don't. All we can do is trust Jesus Christ. And we need to model our lives after his perfect divine model that we find in Scripture. All Scripture points to him. All Scripture exalts him. And everything in creation except for mankind exalts God by doing what it is designed to do. And we are designed to be people after God's own heart. We are to be people who love God more than ourselves. We are to worship God. And we do that by being a living sacrifice with our bodies and spiritually seeking after Him. And the beautiful part is he, He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, so we have no excuse now. There is no excuse in not drawing near to God. So as we conclude, think about these things today. If you are keeping a record of wrongs of somebody, you, you have kept the receipts, you've kept the text messages, the emails, social media posts, whatever it is, delete it, rip it up, burn it, let it go. Because... Whatever you don't let go on this earth, God's not going to let go. If we don't show mercy, we will not be shown mercy. But if we forgive, as God has forgiven us, we will be forgiven. If we are merciful, God will show mercy to us. And we're not talking about fake and phony forgiveness and mercy. We're talking about the real deal. This world is full of hate. It's full of evil. It's full of people doing the exact opposite of what God wants. Be a person that stands out rather than someone that tries to fit in. So with that being said, I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. And remember, everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. Until next time, God bless you all.